This is On and Off Your Mat, podcast episode 7, Traveling to John of God. My name is Erica and I'm your host. For this episode, I sat down with Bethany Miller. Bethany is a practicing psychologist and yoga studio owner. She owns and runs Suka Yoga in Novato, California, where she created a great space oriented on healing and community. I work for her and I've been amazed on how she runs her business. And when I saw that she was organizing a trip to John of God in Brazil, I immediately thought we had to sit down and chat. I really wanted to know about her experience as she's been there before. Now, quick note before we get to the show, as always, I really appreciate your support. So as you leave a review on iTunes, you automatically enter a giveaway. This time, Bethany has graciously offered a 30-minute chakra healing session with her and a 30-minute crystal bed session at the studio, a value of $125. So I'll give you all the details at the end of the show and announce the winner of the last giveaway. So stay tuned until the end. And on that note, take a listen. I'm sure you'll enjoy. Hi, Bethany. Hi. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm happy to be here. Bethany is the studio owner of Suka Yoga in Navarro, and so she is my boss. But she is also organizing a trip to Brazil with some of the students in the studio to visit John of God, a world-renowned healer working out of a spiritual healing center called the Casa de Dom Ignacio in Abadiana. Is that it? You said it better than I can. <laughs> <laughs> Abadiana in center Brazil. Can you tell us a bit more about John of God and what's the concept behind the Casa? Sure. John of God, well, he was born and raised in Brazil, and he was born to a very poor family. His father was a tailor. His mother was a homemaker. And when he was about 16 years old, they said, you know, we can't feed you, and so you have to go out on your own. So he was going around, like, finding odd jobs, and one day he was sitting, I think it was by a river, and he was really hungry, hadn't eaten in a couple days, and he saw this vision of this beautiful woman who later he learned was St. Rita, and she told him, go over to this place, um, this center. It was a spiritist center. And so he just did what she said. He went there. And what he remembers was that he fainted because he was so hungry, mm -hmm. and he doesn't remember anything else. And like when he woke up, all the people that were at the spiritist center told him that he had done all these healings, like that all these people had gotten healed. And so they said, you can stay here if you want. And he said, okay, because there was a bed and there was food. And so that's kind of how it started. He, had, he didn't really know he had these abilities. Um, hmm. But it turned out that what was happening was he's, he's a medium. So he's able to, his spirit leaves his body and other spirits come in and do healings. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of typical for spiritism. It's a common religion in Brazil. So Brazilians think this is really normal. <laughs> <laughs> for us, it's kind of out there and crazy. Yeah. Um, but so he just started, that just started when he was 16. And he's spent, he's now, I think, 75. And he's basically spent his life going around doing these healings. And he was persecuted for a while because some of the things he does is physical surgeries, which we can talk about. Yeah. And so he would get in trouble for doing things without a medical license. Sure. Um, but he wound up healing a lot of the people in the Brazilian government. So now they, they don't mess with him <laughs> for real. And for, um, for the, about the last 25 years, he's had the casa that in Abajanya. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's all spirit guided. So everything that happens, there's no like board of directors, like it's all the spirits <laughs> that work with him telling them what to do and, and how to have the healing center. It's like a spiritual hospital there. So you've been a few times already, right? Yes, I have. How many times have you been? I've been four times. Oh, wow. 
Can you tell us about your first time there, your first trip? Why did you choose to go? Okay. Um, I, so around 2010, I feel like I started having a big spiritual awakening. Before that, I probably would have been called myself an atheist. And I wasn't, I was into psychology and like science and the mind and, you know, things have to have reason behind them. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I started opening up to the spiritual world. And I think one day I'd read a book about, uh, past lives and I was just so like fascinated by it. Like I became obsessed. I started reading <laughs> all these books about past life therapy, about like life between lives. And it was like the idea that we are more than our body that we have these spirits that go on and do many different things. And in particular, what we do when we're not in our bodies was fascinating to me. And I also, so much of it just resonated. Like it seemed like I already knew about mm -hmm. it on some level. And so I had a friend who I knew through some past life group that I was working with. And she's the one who told me about John of God. And I never heard of him before. And she said, yes, my partner went there. He had a pretty serious illness and he was healed. And I've been there and I have Lyme disease and I feel like I'm getting healed. And now I'm going to be a guide. And I'm going to take people. So um, that was the first I heard of it. And it was kind of one of those synchronicity things where I, she told me about him. And then that week, I think I heard about it in three different other ways. Hmm. Like it just, I just kept feeling all these signs. Yeah. And then I just felt called. Like, I don't really have a reason totally why I went. Like, mo many people go because they have a physical illness because he's known for healing people with physical illness. And I didn't have any physical issues. Um, I just felt like, I really want to go. Mm -hmm. So, and she was going in June. And I was like, I have to go. And everything was roadblocking me. And I, and I just couldn't. It didn't work out. And so I'm like, well, maybe I'm not going to go. And then she said, well, I'm going to, after she was there in June, she said, I'm going back in December. And then like everything just opened for me. Hmm. Like literally I had no money. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to go there. And my husband said, well, we have miles. You can use the airline miles. And at the time I had a therapy client and he literally came to a session with a stack of cash and was like, I'm paying you and upfront for the next 10 sessions. <laughs> it was basically like, it was just given to me. Yeah. And I feel like that's how it works. Uh -huh. um, and so then I went. And so you were not going for physical healing. So what happened when you were there? Um, well, I did ask. So it's it's normal. You can go on the, the healing lines and you. it's good to prepare and have like three healing requests. So I had three healing requests. One was for some physical stuff, like mm -hmm. just a, but it was not like big disease or anything. And one was asking for help in um, my career because at the time I'd been a psychologist for a really long time, which I loved doing, but I had felt like there's something bigger or it was getting too small, especially because I was learning so much about all this spirit world and mm -hmm. I was doing energy work, um, but I didn't know what I was else there was or what it was going to be. So I just asked like for guidance, for guidance on my career and also for help in some relationship stuff. Mm -hmm. So I heard about there's this room where you do meditation. It's called the current room. Yes. You go there, whatever your issue might be, you start there. Is that? So that you no, right? you start. So there's always, every time they have sessions. So there's every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And this is, he's been doing this for over 25 mm -hmm. years. Every week he does it. And so when there's sessions, if, when you first go, um, like, so when I was there for my first day for the first session, I go into the line and ask for my healing request. Mm -hmm. And all the other people, and there's a lot of people, some people live there because they just love being there. Other people are um, not going in the healing line that day. So then you, they go into the current room. Okay. 
but their energy is holding up. Everyone's meditating. There's usually like 300 people that are sitting there meditating, wow. holding up the energy. That must be so powerful. It's very powerful. And so when, so like maybe I would go into the, the healing line the first day and then the next day, or if I don't get a spiritual surgery the next day or the day after that, I would go into the current room. And that's all is very much part of the healing and where you get lots of, for me, it's a lot of insights. Mm -hmm. I feel like I get lessons. I learn how to do different things with energy work or have different experiences. You just mentioned spiritual surgery. Yes. Can you say a bit more what that is? Or I know there's two options. There's the spiritual surgery or the visible surgery. Physical. Yeah. Yeah. Surgeries. Yes. So um, they say that there's no difference as far as when the healing that happens, mm-hmm. whether you have an actual physical surgery or a spiritual surgery. And the only reason they do the physical surgeries is to help the mind believe that what's happening here is real because they do kind of, I mean, people can Google and they'll see this crazy stuff happening with these <laughs> physical surgeries and, um, it does kind of blow your mind. When when I was there, I saw a lot of them. He doesn't always, and especially now, he doesn't do as many. But the first time I went in 2012, he did a lot of them. And I saw them, I saw them like very close up. I saw him lift up a woman's shirt, literally take a knife that was like a kitchen knife, not sterile, and cut her from from her chest to her pubic bone. Put his hand and take something, I don't know what, out, and then sew her up. And the energy was so strong that I, I had to hold on to the person that was standing next to me in line or I was going to fall down. I couldn't. Wow. It'd be, it's hard to explain. Um, and so that does make your mind think, something going on here. Yeah. But most people, and you don't get a physical surgery unless you volunteer for it. And most people do spiritual surgery. And so usually that's you give your healing request and he'll say, okay, come back this afternoon for a spiritual intervention. And that means you go in the next session and you go sit in the room and you get a blessing. And then, but it's a very powerful and you can feel the same energy I was saying, like I felt I could almost fall over. I felt things like that. Mm -hmm. I felt hands working on me. Hmm. Um, Sometimes I hear like they're telling me things. Um, And then after your intervention, you're supposed to go into your room for 24 hours because they say that your energy field is wide open and it's continuing to be worked on. And you're supposed to just lay on your bed. It's kind of like a silent retreat. And uh, lots of other stuff happens during that. <laughs> yeah, it's not the time to go explore the city. <laughs> no, not. Although some people do that and it's a bad idea. <laughs> Why did you decide to go back a second time or a third or a fourth time? Because I loved it so much. The mm-hmm. first time I was there, I, I just have these experiences of it's like waves of energy that come in that just bring like bliss Mm -hmm. and like ecstatic experiences, a feeling of like uh, no fear. Like I still had, like there's so much being worked on so I can see like, oh, depression is here or anxiety or this problem or that problem. But it's like, it's surrounded by all this love and this energy that it's like, and you see it getting healed and released out of your system. Mm. Um, It's hard, it's hard to describe, but that's why I keep going back because it's such a powerful energy. And is that also why you decided to share that with the community here at Suka? Yes. So there's a few things um, because the first time I went, I was asking for my career and my vision. And that's what I, I, I was, they had a crystal bed um, and I was laying on the crystal bed. 
So like he doesn't tell you what to do. I mean, maybe sometimes, um, but most of the time you're not told directly. But I got, I received a vision, like it was very clear. And I heard, I didn't hear physical voices outside. They were like in my head, but I still heard very clear voice that wasn't mine. You're supposed to make a healing center and this is what it looks like. And it's a yoga studio. And mm. I saw the room that we're in. I saw it in my mind. I saw the tree that's out there. And I was like, okay. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. We'll and put a photo in the room on the show yeah, notes. Yeah. You can look that up. Yeah, and I also saw that I was supposed to bring a crystal bed back and for this healing center, and I didn't even know you could do that, but then I found out you can, so that's why I have that. And so I went, it was a couple times later when I went back that I started having the feeling to bring people. And again, it just felt like a, um, a calling or mm-hmm. being told, like, now it's time, now you're ready, bring the people now, like that. Mm-hmm. So that's why now you are a Casa guide. Or yeah. You said your friend was a guide back then. So what- She was a guide. So, yes. So I got the um, – to be a guide, you just – you ask permission. They call it the mm-hmm. entity. So John of God is the man. Um, but when he's in session, when he leaves his body and the spirit comes in, they call it entity. There's mm-hmm. about 30 different spirits that work with him. So the entity is the one that you ask permission for. Yeah, so I had to ask permission to get the crystal bed, ask permission – to be a guide. I actually asked him, should I be a guide? And he said, you can if you want. <laughs> You're like, oh, that's not the answer I was looking for. <laughs> and then there are protocols. I mean, there's a lot of volunteers and there's protocols. So then once you have like authorization, then you work with the people and get official badge and all that. Okay. I saw in, um, in the videos and or I, when I did my research a little bit, People that are there are dressed all in white. Yes. Is there a reason? Do you have to? Is there a reason behind that? Um, It's during the sessions. I mean, it's not you have to, but it's strongly recommended Mm -hmm. and almost everyone does. Um, It's it's common in a lot of um, religious traditions, even though there's no particular religion associated with the casa. Um, But like in the Sikhs and the Kundalini yoga people, they wear all white and it's kind of the same reason that it's the idea that all the colors of the spectrum are reflected in white. So it's like all the colors of your aura are reflected mm-hmm. and it's a higher vibration. The idea of everything has its vibration. So dark colors have lower vibrations. And so it kind of helps raise up your vibration. But some They also say that the the spirits that are working on you can see your aura better. <laughs> but um, there is something about it. Like it does... It's a beautiful experience. One of my favorite things, it's early in the morning when everyone in the town is walking to the casa for the session and wearing white. It, to me, it feels like, oh, maybe this is what it's like when you're not in a body and you're in another higher dimension. <laughs> yeah, because some people don't just travel to go there. They actually live nearby and go regularly. Yeah, a lot. Well, well, the thing is a lot of people do travel and then they love it so much they wind up staying there. That's very common. And there's a lot of volunteers. It's all run by volunteers and it's also all free, but every all the healings mm-hmm. don't cost It's donation anything. based, right? When you go. You yeah, people do give donations and they the casa makes money because people buy crystals and crystal beds, yeah. but it's but it's the healings are free. And people that are running it don't get paid. They're all volunteers. And so a lot of them, it's like they went there or they had a miraculous healing or they just felt drawn and then they just stay. They want to give back. Yeah. And a lot of Brazilians come. I mean, most of the – because they're – on any given day, you could have a few hundred to a few thousand people. 
And so it's a lot of Brazilians and they'll take buses from all over the country and come. Mm. Wow. What an experience to see that wave of people dressed yes. in white just walking in towards the casa. Yes. It's super it's cool. Very, it's beautiful. So Brazilians are more religious than we are in Christianity. And also you were talking about spirit, spiritualism. Spiritism. Spiritism. That's one of the common religions in yeah. Brazil. Do you think you have to be religious or do you have to be spiritual to get the most out of this experience? I don't think you have to be. I mean... It helps to have an open mind mm -hmm. and to, I mean, some of this stuff, especially if, if you're atheist, would seem kind of really out there and out of your belief system. But beliefs are not necessary. Like, to, you have the healing. That's why I like it so much, same way I like yoga, because it's about your experience, not mm -hmm. about your beliefs. And so there's a lot of people that go there that have been very skeptical or not believing in spirits that see things like I was talking about, like how do these people have physical surgeries and be cut open and not have pain? Yeah. Um, and so that can help them shift. Other people have gotten huge healings and they didn't, when they went there, have to believe it at all. Maybe somebody told them you should go. Or people come desperate because when they're really sick sometimes, and um, even if they don't believe, it doesn't really matter. And one thing he also does, there's, um, he often calls, when he's doing the physical surgeries, he calls up physicians to come watch it. So like to show that he's not doing mm -hmm. any tricks. And um, there's actually a physician I know, I met her, she lives in Novato, and she had told me she was there one time. Uh, she had taken her nephew and she said, I was just dressed in white like everybody else. There was nothing to distinguish me that I was a medical doctor, but he called me up to come like he's watch. like they know who they people are <laughs> and called her up to come watch to so she could see that he wasn't doing any mm -hmm. trick I've seen an interview with a doctor that went to observe him like this and he was saying how he could not explain with the traditional medicine and the things we know in the west or in North America how people were not bleeding more than they were bleeding right. because they're barely bleeding even right. if it's a big cut or the blood just stops all of a sudden mm -hmm. or how people were not reacting to pain because they're not, there's no anesthesia. Right. Um, so they're not reacting to pain. And yeah, you couldn't explain it. How, yeah. And also how there's no infections. Right. And there never has been. Yeah, I said. In all the years, nobody has ever reported, reported I saw that. any infections. And he has been like sued for other things before, but never that. <laughs> But just that alone, you have to believe that there's something going on. Yes. This is why that you can't hard. explain, but there's something there. Exactly. This is why I love it so much because I'm very fascinated by mm -hmm. the things that you can't explain and these otherworldly events. The other thing is like the first time I was there, I met two women that had been there the year before and they were they they were coming back just because they loved it. But one of them had stage four cancer that she was healed of. And another one had Lou Gehrig's disease. And these are real people that I met that I lived with. It wasn't like mm -hmm. actors or people, you know, telling me this stuff. It was just like these were people who told their true stories directly to me. So, And I think, like you were saying, having an open mind. But even in traditional medicine here, there's a part of science, but there's a part of faith. Yes. There's never a guarantee that you'll be better when you come out of it. No. Sometimes it, you're worst. It's true. And, and it's, the same for the healings there. Um, people, you know, people can come with terminal illness and have miraculous healings. Other people still die, right? Other people, that's actually one of all the things I was rereading my journals of all the times I've gone and all my healing requests. I've basically 
been every healing request I had that had to do with like my career or my relationships or I was psychic abilities all were granted like tenfold. But I have like, I always ask every time about digestion because that's just an ongoing issue for me. and It's never once been out. So it's not like it's total magic cure, you know, and they also say a lot of what everything you do there, you have to give as much as, as they do. You have to be open. You have to be willing. You have to be willing to look at your blocks your energetic blocks, your emotional blocks, because that's the idea of what, how disease gets caused. So we just mentioned you have to have an open mind, and we mentioned how you know there's also faith in traditional medicine, but when people tell you they don't believe it, they're a skeptic or they think it's kind of all fake, do you have any other things you tell them? <laughs> Honestly, I don't feel like spending that much time because I think like, fine, then it's not for you. If you, I don't really care if people go or I go because I love it. And if somebody else sees it or feels the same calling, then I'm happy to bring them. If someone's super skeptical, like fine, then go do something else. Like I don't really sure. care. But there's not really any risks, is there? No risk. And the other thing for me, I was like, okay, you can be skeptical, but, but why? Like, what does he get? He, it's a hard work for him. Mm-hmm. He has to be there present for these long sessions that can last 12 hours a day sometimes. Wow. And he's just always there, always dedicated. He, he makes soup kitchens. Like he's helping the poor because he was so poor and he wants to make a difference. Like, I mean, I guess you could say, like, why would you scam someone like that? There's a lot easier ways to scam people, in my opinion. Yeah, especially that he's not charging officially for the healings. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Although they, I will say they do make money because sometimes people would have that thing like, oh, well, I mean, there is a lot of money being spent just because, but like I bought the crystal bed, but I love it. I get so much out of it, but they are. You can buy herbs as well that are you usually buy prescribed. Herbs, they're prescribed. They're not expensive, but mm-hmm. yeah, they're prescribed after your interventions. And there's crystal beds there that people pay for. but to use. But a lot of, most of the money that's made there is they use it to make the casa bigger. Because ever since Oprah went in 2012, there's been more and more people coming. Which is what the entities told him. It's like, it's also the idea that consciousness is changing and, and people are waking up more to these ideas. And so more people would be coming. Sure. And they, they have been more and more. So they have to. Even since I've been there for the first time, they've built all these extra buildings and um, just to accommodate everyone. Who yeah, comes. the demand. Yeah. And um, I think I can't really explain and go into details, but I think if you are a skeptic, if you look into quantum physics and conscious energy, I think there's a lot of answers in there on the things we don't see and the things we don't know, but that might still exist around us. So it's true. That's something people can look into if... The other thing I would say, skepticism is good. It's good to have healthy skepticism sure. um, as long as you also have an open mind. Because I think if you decide this is not true, that's not really being skeptical. That's closing down, right? Mm-hmm. But if you are have an open mind about something, but you're like, but I want to you know, look at this for myself and see if it's real or not, I think that's healthy. Sure. Why do you recommend people to join? So you said that you can have an illness, you can look for guidance. What can people hope for or gain from this trip if they come with you? Um, The reasons why I go, for me, it's always been part, a huge part of my spiritual practice. And I feel like it's helped me grow. Every time I go, I get such massive healing. So I release so many things that might have been blocking me. And I I gain more access to my truth, my energy, um, my abilities. And um, I just keep growing as a person. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's why I go. It's like a spiritual evolution. 
And it's also just a wonderful retreat. Like it's not often when you go for two weeks and you're completely focused on your contemplation and meditation and your your own healing. Mm -hmm. So that's the main reason why I encourage people to go. I'm sure people ask you a question because it's they they can join you. So is there one question that people always ask you or is there something people always want to know about this? Yeah. Well, they do start to ask like, well, what is it that you do? Like if you're there for two weeks and you know the sessions are only three days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, like, well, what do you do the rest of the time? Like, do you go around travel or what? I was like, no, it's, and that's another one hard to ex explain because the energy is so strong and intense and you're, you're always getting worked on the whole time you're there, even if you're not in session, that mostly what you're doing is processing <laughs> and you have to sleep a lot and you take walks and you meditate and you talk to the other people that are there. But it's a lot of it's very, um, such an in, inner process. That there's not a lot of activity. Sure. But there's so much joy that you don't care because you're just like kind of blissed out all the time. Well, I, I won't say that. Not all the time. Sometimes <laughs> you're going through deep process too. Sure. I'm sure there's yeah. ups and downs and it's kind yeah. of challenging. Yeah. That's a reason to go with a guide because it does, it can bring up a lot of intense things. And even some, they call it like the Casa flu. Like sometimes people, I've had it after intervention, like for 24 hours, maybe you have like purging or not, or fever or not feeling well. It's very specific though. And it's part of the healing process. And, but sometimes people think that they're getting sick or the food's making them sick or something, but except most of the time the food's not making you sick and nobody else is getting sick, you know, like, yeah. You, Um, but it helps to have a guide there to support you through and the other big, you know, big pains or traumas can come up. And so having a guide is someone, that's why I like to do it. It's being a psychologist. It's kind of what I'm used to holding space for people mm -hmm. and supporting them through their process. So that's a role for you when you're there. When you're, when I'm the guide. Yeah. Do you also take the time for your own healing or are you actually only there to support people? When I'm there with the group, it's just to support the people and I don't go in the line myself Um, sometimes I like, I'll try to go a little, a couple days early to mm. do my own. Oh, that's a good idea. Um, but yeah, when I'm there, of course I get massive healing no matter what, but, it, but my intention is mostly to support the people that I'm with. That's nice. Um, for listeners that might want to know more about either the trip or about you, Where can they find that info? They can go to my website, sukayoga.com. And I'll put the link in the show notes yeah, for sure. under the spiritual wellness tab. There's Great. more information there. And if they want to know more about John of God, do you have any book recommendation or resources? I do. There's a, um, Heather Cummings, is, she's one of his main translators, and she wrote a book. Um, it's not the best written book, but it's very good with all the information. Mm -hmm. You really get a good sense. And my friend, um, Maitre Meliana, the one who originally told me about it, she also wrote a book. It's called John of God. Okay. Um, I'll put those, those links as well yeah. in the show notes for people to, to find. Yes. Thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to add that we haven't covered? I feel like we did a pretty good job. Awesome. Good. <laughs> <laughs> good then. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me and sharing all that um, information. Actually, one more thing. Okay. When is the trip? The trip is September. <laughs> we leave September 23rd through October 6th of this year, 2018. Good. And I need I'll, I need people to make a deposit by July. Okay. And so I can tell the hotel. But that is what we're doing. Okay. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. We have other great guests coming up, so make sure to subscribe. 
Now, if you want to make my day and enter this giveaway, all you have to do is head on to iTunes and write a review. You have until next episode where I'll announce the winner. If you're new to iTunes reviews, check out the show notes or go to my website at ericabelanger.com slash blog podcast and I write my first name with a K. Last episode, Mel Salvatore August was giving out a copy of her book, Fierce Kindness, Be a Positive Force for Change. The winner of that giveaway is K-Doggy-Dog. K-Doggy-Dog said, I am totally loving this podcast series. So informative to listen to. I love the episode on intuition. It had me thinking about it all week. The interview was so well done and the question really got me thinking and reflecting on my own intuition. Thanks for sharing. Thank you for your comment. Email me at erica.belanger at gmail.com and I'll send you your book. See, it's that simple. Now, once again, thank you for joining us and until next time.